This is a post-Christian podcast. Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Welcome to Revolution Church's Meet Your Congregation. It is I, Caleb, here with Pastor Jay. Hey, Jay. Hello. And we also have with us, uh, for a second time on a Meet Your Congregation episode, our friend Sean Hollingsworth. How are you doing, Sean? How are you doing? Thank you for having me back. We're doing great, and this is the prequel. Yeah, so this is a prequel interview. Sometimes we'll do like two-parters, and this is a different kind of two-parter because uh, in your previous episode that we recorded, some technical snafus led to us uh, losing the first half, or I guess the first portion of the interview. (laughs) I thought today we could kind of talk to you more, kind of focusing on what led you up to the part of the story, or where we hear the story start in the last recording that we did together. So... Um, maybe you could just give us a little bit of um, an introduction on your home life, your initial spiritual influences, if any, in your home life growing up, um, any differences in your parents' worldviews and how those affected you and how they were presented to you kind of thing. Just kind of take it Absolutely. wherever you want to. Well, I'll start with saying, you know, the prequels, I mean, oh, this is the sequel. The sequels are generally never as good as the originals. <laughs> uh, so, you know, let's, you know, let's, let's catch lightning Lo- in a bottle. Yeah, we'll lower a the expectations. Right, right, right. The bar is on the ground. <laughs> there you go. Um, uh, so my, my family life is really, um, it's not so different from many others, but it's a little unique in that I've got two cultures that I was raised in. I was raised uh, by, uh, first of all, by an African-American father mm-hmm. um, and who is a descendant of slaves. And I was raised by a Caucasian mother who was a descendant of slave owners. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when you look in context of time, those lineages are only a couple of generations away. Right. So when my parents met, um, they met in college uh, in the 60s, and my father was uh, the first uh, of his line to um, complete college on a, on a, on a, a sports scholarship, and my mother uh, was um, there as an English major, and, and, and she, my, most of her family had always gone uh to college, that is to say uh, that that context of culture is given gives me a little bit of understanding of also what drives culture, which is often uh, religious beliefs. So my father was raised uh, in a traditional uh, black um, ch- uh, church, mm-hmm. uh, black Baptist church, and had that background and brought that with him into his life and into my mother's life. And my mother, on the other hand, was raised uh, with uh, her family had taken a diversion from Protestant uh, Christianity into uh, what was then known as science of mind. Mm. Um, and were, were, she was raised in the, in the practice and tradition of Christian science, science of mind, right. very similar thoughts. Um, Do you want to give a, just a little snippet of, of what that is? I don't think we've ever talked about Christian science really? on, with, with, with a Congo member. I don't think that we have. I thought there was one other person was there who one? came out of a Christian science church. Okay. Yeah. 
you want to just give us a brief run? I know there's like uh, you don't use medicine. It's all about laying hands and stuff. Is that is that around? I know there's a distinction between Christian science and science of mind. Oh, okay. And I was not a Christian scientist, although okay. that was not far from our our beliefs that we were science of mind. And science of mind essentially is the idea that there is a Christ that there's a Christ consciousness. Uh-huh that Jesus Christ was uh, the way shower, for lack of a better word, was the uh, prime example and the embodiment of, and became the embodiment of what we call the Christ spirit, okay. um, uh, the Christ manif- manifestation. Um, so that is it in a nutshell. Mm. So the... the um, History and what I'll call, for lack of a better term, the mythology of um, the, sal- the the path to salvation is diminished in uh, and what is sort of brought to the forefront in Christian Science are the teachings of Jesus uh, and the principles that he uh, that. He, that through their lens of interpretation, the principles that he was pointing at. Um, and then my father was, of course, evangelical. So growing up, um, I was more in the, the, the Christian, Christian, the science of mind thought mm-hmm. than I was in my Christian thought until I turned uh, around 12. And uh, then my father had through... Um, Paul and Jan Crouch uh, and the PTL, there was a, a big movement called I Found It, uh, which was a, a early televangelism. Um, they became very engrossed with and um, inspired by the um, uh, Paul and Jan Crouch uh, and uh, the PTL, what was then known as the PTL network in Los Angeles. Um, and through that, uh, I became more interested. I became a born again Christian, um, and, uh, really delved and surrendered myself fully into the evangelical church at that point. Gotcha. Um, okay. so, uh, that was that, but there was a snafu <laughs> that we talked about earlier, which was, I was also coming into my sexuality and into my selfdom. Mm. And I considered for a long time, I just ignored sexuality at all. But when I turned about 17, I had this real conundrum because I realized that I was gay. Mm -hmm. And I realized that it was displeasing to God. And uh, my father forcefully reinforced uh, that was not acceptable. Mm. And um, so I, that was sort of the beginning of uh, my my journey towards uh, uh, that led me to to uh, the PTL network in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, Jay's parents, um, uh, Jim and Tammy Baker and my my adventure yeah. there. Did did did, yeah, did so, how did your mother react? Did she um, you know, my mom, uh, my mother's side of the family is wonderful. They are 
very, very uh, patient and accepting. And she had concern, but she uh, was comfortable in her faith. Right, right. And so it was. It wasn't. It wasn't as if, no, you don't believe that. Believe what I believe. She was just comfortable in her faith. She never tried to teach me different. Mm. You know, to to lead me differently. I, although I tried very often, as one does, to. Uh, make sure that she was safe. Right. She's giving you all yes. the grace, but you're making sure she's saved because she might be giving you a little too much grace. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah old, there can be too much that of a good story. Thing. Yeah, yeah, right. Interesting. Um, I'm, I'm curious about the, would you call it the Church of the Science of the Mind? Is is that how you refer to the organization? Or the no, it's called Science of Mind, and now it's called the Ch- uh, Church of Religious Science. Oh, uh, science. They've okay. sort of rebranded, okay. but it's uh, uh, Science of Mind. It's literally, it's not like the, okay. it's like it's the black that doesn't exist. Uh-huh. It's just black people, <laughs> right. science, of science of Mind. Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay, got it. Um, and thanks for uh, educating me on this, because I've never actually heard the term Science of Mind before. I don't, I don't wow. think at all. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with Christian science, and uh, I, I went through... A phase, and I, st- I, st- I still am very, very interested in all the different iterations of uh, Christianity and getting getting anything out of the Christ story, you know, any sort of spiritual nourishment out of the Christ story uh, in different ways. And, you know, I'm familiar with the idea of the cosmic Christ, which sounds parallel to this, the, the Christ spirit kind of thing. Um, but I'm curious, with Science of Mind, uh, is there any particular hard stance on uh, sexuality being, you know, uh, any sexuality being preferable or, over another or one being sinful or anything like that or like premarital sex? No. Even? No, okay. no. Um, it is. It's a far. Le- you know, it's not a dogmatic. Okay. Um, system. It's it's dogmatic in the uh, practice of principle, and uh, there is any time you get to any time a religion is formed, there becomes dogma. Right. Yeah. So there is certainly dogma as it relates to it, but it's not the the uh, the issues of. Uh, sexuality and that sort of thing are personal and not uh, governed. Really, our job, your job, is to seek and to um, to seek God mm. and to um, uh, manifest that to to your to the greatest ability and bring yourself as close to as close as you can to living fully immersed in the principles of. The Christ Spirit. That's not okay. too bad. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you looking for a new denomination? Yeah, well, there's what, what you may be more familiar with that is an outcropping of it uh, was the Agape movement. Okay. Um, and the secret oh, yeah. sort of uh, veered off, although the secret brought in a lot of other similar um, uh, ideas, uh, you know, with um, the Course in Miracles and. Mm. Uh, some of the other, but um, anyway, I, di- I digress. So I- I'm curious too. Like, was there a time that your parent, I mean, your dad, did your dad ever come around? You know, here's uh, so now. You know, I'm 50, so that was 17. So that's all. You know, those are several lives. Yeah, right. Um, my dad actually, uh, his commitment to the evangelical movement. Uh, became his 
his founding sort of his foundational his the foundation of his life uh my father um is one of the uh leading leaders of the black evangelical movement even today um he uh is still he was on the board for ORU uh the board of directors he was one of the founding members of the promise keepers oh, okay. uh yeah. he's he's you know he's very very engaged he's a uh, it's still very much who he is, hmm. and I, you know, and I hold him in tremendous respect, tremendous love, um, and we disagree on uh, uh, on certain things, but we have found a wonderful place to agree, uh, which is he trusts and knows that I love God with all my heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, watched my my journey such that he's able to observe it and not, while he doesn't he can't um, embrace it fully yeah. he is we've created a sphere of respect mm. that we're able to walk in great I don't know if that is too esoteric <laughs> no I mean it's life yeah yeah yeah. So I just spoke with him this morning, uh, and you know, no, he's very much. He still. I've been married to my husband for twenty years now, and there's still kind of, you know, there's still. Uh, I can come into the house, but my father has. I I don't know if I told you this, Jay. My my dad uh, bought um, a hundred twenty acres in Idlewild, and he has created a um, a Christian resort retreat. Oh, wow there uh called al hadis and he's you know it was very much inspired by what your <laughs> mom and dad did right uh so you know so no he's very much in that and like i can go up to the mountain he calls it the going you know would you like to come up to the mountain this weekend and mm. uh, i can go up the girls can go up but i can't go up with my husband oh. uh. so there's been a couple of periods of time when there was a prediction that the world was going to end over the course of my life. And I'd be like, you know, he'd be like, you know, you can come up to the mountain if you'd like. And, you know, we've got water and we've got power. And, and uh, you know, again, uh, and I was like, you know, can I bring my family? Well, no, we can't have that spirit um, there. That spirit so, there? Uh, oh, my gosh. Wow. Like the world's yeah. end, so you're going to let your husband wow. live in the post-apocalyptic yeah, so world I, and de- die of dehydration, exactly. but will love you. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I stayed in Port. We celebrated. Uh, that was the millennial. I celebrated in Puerto Vallarta, and uh, we were okay. Maybe I should just sit down and have <laughs> talks with people's dads. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really. My dad is. Parents. I got really good with my dad, awesome. and, and and really, I'm pretty sure I won the theology LGBTQ theology spar that we had, mm-hmm. and I, my dad just got quiet. He was like, and I was like, boop, and. My that was job. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what happens in those conversations is, uh, particularly with, to, in my experience with, when you start to think about God and you start to seek him and seek understanding, and uh, there be, there's things that are and I, I I don't think I could spar with you theo- theologically, Jay. Um, I've read the Bible, you know, multiple times, yeah. and I have an understanding. But I, I would bet that your biblical theology and historical knowledge is greater. But I also can tell from 
who you are that God God either is or isn't. Yeah. You know, God and that's where it that's where when I when I speak with my father and we we, we get into the the the, I, the the conversations of what is sin and what is not sin and mm. what pleases God and what does not yeah. please God and what you know who is who is saved and who is not saved right. those kinds of things um, become problematic mm. because uh, it creates a schizo the idea of a schizophrenic God really? yeah. and mm. God is not. You know, God is, um, in my experience, my faith, mm. and in my belief, God is consistent. Yeah. Man, and what happens is man, man humans, we try and map our uh, limited um, emotionality and personality traits onto God yeah, we to create God in our justify... Own image. Right. Do we try to create God in our image? Exactly. And uh, God is bigger than, in my opinion, and in my my knowing, you know, and in my faith, uh, my personal knowing, God is is consistent. God is love. God is principle. Mm -hmm. God is um, all. Yeah. Yeah. uh, And all, you know, uh, and that is inconsistent with um, some of the, you know, some of the uh, teachings and fear and fear-based teachings. Yeah, just, goodness, you know, yes. that's where I get so frustrated. Is, uh, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, not, I get, I'm with you. The, I mean, I kind of think acceptable evangelicalism today is a bit off the rails, you know, theologically, in my opinion, um, because of how they handle God and mm. and how they handle these like what's approved or disapproved right. you know I, I think it's creating a new law yeah and uh it's hard to for me to recognize it as christianity from because i don't spend time in churches i don't spend time on religious websites i don't spend time reading mostly religious books i read mostly philosophy some theology but really theology from like paul tillich and things like that so there's not a lot of you know Mm-hmm. spirituality in it the topic of theology with the medium so yeah so it, it, it's it's like it's like uh yeah it just seems like like it's almost like the whole like i'm not spiritual but i'm religious or i'm not religious but i'm spiritual and they've taken right. it that spirituality just they just made it all spirituality and kind of forgotten the religious part and and so many people think religion is the bad part but often that part of religion can ground us into knowing what that spirituality yeah. is. Yeah. And so when you ignore things like love never gives up, never loses faith, always hopeful, endures through every circumstance, or God is love, you know, you miss, when, when they start to cut those things out, uh-huh. it becomes like a, a different faith. It's, it, yeah. it is bizarre to me. I, I mean, my dad is very similar. I mean, preparing for the end times and well, all that stuff and, as well. And, and, and with... You know, in relationship to, for instance, your dad's teachings, which, uh, and you know, again, much like your, my father, you, there is you cannot deny, you cannot uh, diminish the extraordinary. Um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? The inspiration yeah. that your dad provide your dad and that and 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 others of his 
mindset provided for so many people who needed hope yeah. and your mom even you know to me to even greater degree uh, who needed love and acceptance um but the uh, one of the things that i'm i i had to to look at is um what is prosperity yeah. um because according my father also is a it teaches a uh, in a prosperity gospel yeah um and and encourage you know and and everyone can be a millionaire and everyone and <laughs> uh got you know favor you you are when you're walking in god's favor he will favor you with stuff yeah right with you know and i i i've i've watched it i've struggled with it i have seen um people try and emulate my dad and his actions yeah. and fail i've seen people trying to emulate your dad and his directions and fail only to you know only to, you know to be continued and i yeah. and i um and i so i one of the one of the areas of quests of understanding that i had that i've gone into in my life is what is prosperity what is it you know is god really like a genie that <laughs> right. is going to or santa. you know is that do i yeah or santa or peter pan if i wish hard enough if i believe mm, yeah. enough then uh they, and i've come to you know i that's not how i relate yeah. to to God at all anymore. I don't look at him like a wish factory. Mm -hmm. It right. is strange um, that people like my dad and, and probably your father who are, you know, lived long lives and seen so much, how they still seem to to buy it or mm -hmm. even double down on it sometimes. Like even yeah. when they realize it might not be true, they're like, they've made such a decision in their mind and I guess their hearts as well right. to kind of double down. And, and it's mm -hmm. always wild to me. Like, it's, Do you know, you know what I think it is? Because I've given it a lot of thought, as I'm sure you have. My father has built. Um, he's built. He, he. It's like it's like dieting. It's like if you follow if you follow a principle, it's going to work. If you commit yourself to um, a particular diet or uh, discipline. You're going to find success yeah. if you, particularly if you blind, if you block out all else and you do that thing, you're going to find success uh, in that practice. And with my father, he has built a very successful business. Um, he's built a, you know, a successful ministry and he has built an entire, his entire reality is given by the strength of his singular idea. And I think for his fear, I actually think that his fear is if he were to consider that there may be other ideas that are equally powerful, it would diminish and perhaps diffuse what he what he's built. Yeah. And I and I I think that there's I think that there's truth there. And nor do I as I've gotten older. I've decided I, I don't need to. I don't need him to believe what I right. believe. No, that's I don't great. need to derail his faith. Yeah, um, it's working for him. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I get worried that some of what he is, people who are looking up to him and following him, I, I, I worry for their for their pain if they can't emulate it or if they don't fall into the um, the realm. You know, into the the practice or into the ability to be who 
he believes they need to be in order to be successful or in order to be saved. Right. That I worry for those people, but it's working for yeah. him, uh, and he's happy. So, yeah. And and what I'm excited about is by grace, which I think is the core principle of uh, of what I live in and what is available to us as human beings is that experience of grace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, uh, I'm. I'm also. I'm successful. I'm happy. Uh, I'm. Pro- I'm profitable, and that's different than being. I'm prosperous in in both spirit and in, you know. So I'm grateful. It's just. I, I'm. I, I. I've had grace. Yeah. I mean, it mm. is amazing that I think when you do get that concept of grace, and when you're able to accept your your parent or the other, just this is their journey. This is what they're on. Mm. I mean, I think it gets easier to do that as you become more comfortable with who you are because you're not threatened. You know, it's not because often I think Mm. it's like when we're threatened, it's because we have our own insecurities, you know, and when we are able to let those insecurities go, you know, it doesn't matter what they, you know, you know, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated that you think that way. And I'd love to know why you think that way, but it doesn't really going to, it's not changing me unless you really can prove it, (laughs) you know, so it's, 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 um, and even if you do prove it, it may still not change me. So, yeah. yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I think that's, yeah, I think that's great. Um, Caleb, you had some stuff you wanted to yeah, talk um, about as well, too. Yeah, so uh, first off, in regards to uh, your last interview, the last conversation that we had together, um, you you referenced when you became the youngest, I guess up until then, the youngest member of the uh you know, PTL singers, and of course, competition for that title is closed now. There are no more uh, <laughs> yeah. entrants into that uh, category. But, you know, you were like, I guess, 17 when you became a PTL singer, and you said that you were sat down and specifically talked to and told, you know, now normally we don't allow people with your lifestyle, uh, you know, to, to, to join us and kind of represent uh, PTL or, or heritage. And I was just curious, how did it, how did, how were they aware of your sexuality? Did you, um, cause you said that you had like just came out or just came to terms with it at that age. Were you, um, is that something that you brought up to them that you felt like you needed to bring up? Like, because it would kind of not pardon the pun, but it would come out eventually, <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so what, the, my the 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 path that led me to heritage and to PTL uh, started when I, I sort of I, I hit a I hit a bump in my uh, when I was about eighteen years old and I I went into debt and owed some uh, owed the wrong people money and uh-huh. I was just I was a bit so um, my dad I made an agreement with my dad that I would um, and, and I was and I was pretty I was pretty I was pretty depressed. Um, I didn't want to be gay. I never wanted to be gay, and I and uh, I I didn't think I could fight it. I tried, you know, through. Uh, I I said in the other interview, I did Exodus International and um, mm, some yeah. other um, anti-gay therapies right. and prayer groups. I was prayed over and had demons, uh, you know, expelled mm-hmm. from my all, the, all of the the drama that is is that happens in the evangelical church. I sat myself through all of it, and in some points willingly, just because I love God, and I didn't want to be an abomination. I didn't want to be. So 
um, when I hit this this point, my dad made an agreement. Look, if you, I will pay your debt. Mm-hmm. If you will uh, submit yourself to being a disciple, uh, uh, and and um, submit yourself to what was then called Youth with a Mission YWAM yes, yeah. for for a year, and um, uh, and and uh, you know, uh, then I will I'll, I'll 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 do that for you. So I I did that, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I I joined YWAM, and I found it to be wonderful uh it was ym is actually i don't know what it's like now but at that point it was they walked their walk and they talked their talk mm. and they they did what's called lifestyle evangelism it wasn't a overly preachy they loved people and shared with people why they were happy and through that through their lifestyle evangelism uh led people to um to the church mm-hmm. and to accept Jesus gotcha. as their Lord and Savior. Um, I was moved by it, and I prayed and fasted and did everything that I could, and I got to a point where I could really suppress my actions and my urges. Mm-hmm. And um, after doing that for about a year at YWAM, um, my dad was saying, uh, I came out and they offered me a position on staff and I was going to take it. Mm-hmm. But uh, before that, I, my dad was like, why don't you come out? We're going out to um, Charlotte, right. North Carolina, which I had never heard. I hadn't even heard of Charlotte at that point. I'm an LA kid. It was like, there's LA, there's New right, York and the it. middle bits, you know? Mm-hmm. So Charlotte was one of the middle bits. And uh, so I was like, yeah, I'll go. And I showed up at Heritage, and it was incredible. It was Disney. It was a world. It was a perfect uh, city, uh, and there were singers there. Um, so, and I and I told this story, yeah. and I auditioned for the singers, mm-hmm. and I ended up in front of the boss. And your question was, why did I tell it? Well, I told her because I wanted to be transparent. Yeah, I, sure. I wanted people to know that this is where I came from. This is my testimony. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want, I certainly didn't want any skeletons. Yeah, right. So I told, so I told them. Cool. Okay. And I was sincere. Yeah. I meant it. Yeah. I really did. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to infiltrate the church or anything <laughs> like that yeah well obviously um, your sincerity showed through because you know because they did make the exception i suppose which is a, a no, there were so many that. no there were so many lgbtq people that worked right. at ptl yeah but we didn't i didn't know them i know them now <laughs> yeah, yeah. but i didn't i didn't know them then mm. a lot of it came out after you know after everything kind of went down the drain a lot of that started coming yeah. out but at the time uh, oh i yeah i, I didn't know wow. yeah. i didn't know so i, thought I, I still gonna... thought i was the only one yeah that's wild so so the other thing i wanted to ask you about also happened during your time when he flew out to actually do the job okay yeah can you yeah. tell oh, us about the plane story. story yes oh this is a great story this is a great story um, I, so when I left, I left LA to fly to Charlotte and I guess the, my flight to Charlotte. So I, I auditioned, um, they, what needed me to come back in two weeks. So I auditioned, went home, packed my bags, uh, and was on a flight to move to Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and I had my rehearsal tape. I had my Walkman 
and my rehearsal tape. And I was listening to my rehearsal tape and trying to learn my parts and uh, and all that. And there was this kid sitting next to me who had on his earphones and his thing. And he was, uh, I could tell that he was practicing and he was looking at, at uh, some music and stuff too. And I, I, I um, ended up having a conversation with him and I, and I, I said, hey, yeah, I just got my first gig. I'm a, I'm a singer and I just got my first job. I'm going to sing uh, on television for, for uh, at this, this network called PTL. He's like, oh, man, that's so great. That's really great. He's like, well, my name's Adam. Uh, and I, I, I'm actually on my way to New York. I just got signed. Uh, my, my, my band just got signed uh, with Def Jam. Uh, and um, we're getting ready to go out and, and do our first, you know, do an album. Uh, and I was, you know, and I was like, oh, man, that's so cool. That's really great. Well, let me, you know, what kind of stuff are you doing? Mm-hmm. What are, you know, what, what kind of music? It? Is it pop? Or he's like, he's like, no, we're a rap group. And this was a white guy. Mm-hmm. And this was before there were white rappers. Right. And I was like, and he's like, no, it's, it's, it's rap. And I thought to myself and, uh, and ended up that it was, at, it was, his name was Adam and he was with a group called the Beastie Boys. So amazing. And, uh, and then, so he, and he, he was off on his journey and we exchanged numbers and everything. I don't, I wish I had kept that. Number. <laughs> uh, uh, and I thought to myself, yeah right. Yeah. Well, good luck with yeah, that. Good white, luck with the white, white rapper. Yeah, that's right. like that's gonna be a thing. <laughs> and you know, then obviously, I didn't need, and I did, wasn't even aware of the level of success success they had for a couple of years because I was living in the PTL bubble right. and I wasn't listening to to pop. But obviously, they went on to be uh, enormous, and it was just it was so cool to have had that. That's really amazing. Of, I mean, yeah. I remember one of my last memories at PTL was skateboarding in my my it was raining outside so i was skateboarding in the garage with a friend of mine and we were listening to the radio mm. and i remember when fight for your right to party came on <laughs> and i was like yeah i loved that song yeah. I was like, this is amazing so it's kind of Wait, a Jay, kind of a cool story you were listening to secular music in your garage oh my goodness my, me, me, me and my, me, no, me and my sister listened to secular music like crazy i mean my sister introduced me i mean the first song i remember hearing was in my sister's room and it was heart of glass by blondie and i didn't know this for years until one day i was like i've got this song in my head that i remember hearing yeah, yeah, yeah. and then i was like heard on the radio one day and i was like that's the song wow and so i mean she listened yeah. to prince and adam Ant and Boy George, she oh, loved yeah. Boy George. I wish I had known that because that was all my stuff before I became, before I I uh, joined PTL and you know that that time. Yeah, my parents mm. weren't as conservative as everybody who worked there. That's the weird thing. Like, so we, I mean, I remember listening to Run DMC and being exposed to all sorts of music. I mean, I loved Michael Jackson and all that stuff, and my parents let us listen. You know, so mm-hmm. you know, and then I had friends who would come over to my house and be like. You're allowed to listen to that. And I was like, "Yeah, you aren't." You know, so for me, it was it was Amy Grant and Michael English, and who was really cutting edge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for Christian music. <laughs> yeah, I avoided Christian music for a long time until probably the early '90s. So, like, I know of DC Talk, but I don't think I've ever heard a full DC Talk <laughs> song in my life. I may have heard one Amy Grant song, 
I mean, I, mm. I did like Milan Lefevre because he would come and play at PTL a lot, but that's about it. My, my sister and my mom. Yeah. What about uh, Stephen Chris yeah. Chapman? Nope, not no. until like Christian Camp and really? play his stuff, you know, mm. when they gave the altar calls. Gotcha, gotcha. Wow. Yeah. Are we good? I think that was a good I mean, one. I'd say, yeah, I think we've, we've caught all up, and uh, thank you so much Thanks for filling for, in the gaps. Yeah, appreciate it. Hey, uh, hey I love you guys. Uh, thank you. Uh, enjoy talking to you. So it's 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 my pleasure. Yeah. And uh, if uh, I, I'm 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 a fan. Oh, thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time again, Sean. And we'll we'll uh, be in touch with you online. All right. Take care, brother. Thank you. See you. Bye. Bye, you bye. guys. We'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. Christian podcast.